Welcome to another episode of Just Talk with Gabe. I'm here, my psychic is here, here, and so is our guest. Let's get started. Who do we have today? Today we have one amazing jazz musician, Preston Smith, on the show. Looking forward to hearing all about his music. Absolutely, but before we get started, let's give a shout out to our sponsors, Fade Life Clothing and BCK Online. Fade Life Clothing is a unique clothing line out of Atlanta, Georgia, geared towards those who love intoxicating style. And BCK Online is a digital online magazine that keeps you in the know, up to date on the lives of young entrepreneurs, entertainers, rising stars, parents, and much more. All right, go grab your snacks, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Preston, welcome to the show. We're glad you could join us for an episode of Just Talk of Gabe. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on, Gabe. Looking forward to it. Thank you for being on. Now, I know our listeners want us to dive right in, so let's get into it. You are an amazing musician. Tell us how you got started in the industry. Um, well, a lot of musicians get started the same way I did. I, you know, I started in school, and then I uh, started playing in church. And so uh, playing in church kind of got used to playing in front of audiences and um, that's what kind of got me into improv and stuff as well, you know, playing the same things over and over, you start embellishing and stuff like that. And so, uh, you know, yeah, I guess, I guess church is pretty much the, the, the main thing. And then when I went to school and college, I played in college and started playing in bands and stuff and, uh, gigging. And once I started gigging, that's kind of when everything kind of took off. That's when I really started playing, playing, I guess. That's cool. Now, yeah. actually, kind of want to jump in and ask a question. What music, what um, music instruments do you play? Uh, mainly trumpet. Um, I always make a joke that God put a trumpet on my face so I wouldn't sing. Um, <laughs> you, won't, <laughs> you, don't, uh, you won't hear me singing very much at all. Um, I play, you know, any brass instrument, but trumpet, flugelhorn is really the horn that most of my recordings are on. Flugelhorn is like what Czech Mangione played on. It's a little bigger than a trumpet. Um, but that's really, for whatever reason, that's been my niche. You know, I mean, trumpet is a general term sometimes, but, um, the flugelhorn is really what I spend a lot of my time on. It's just a little bit more mellow, a little more laid back. Trumpet's a little more aggressive. So. Yes. Yeah. So what is your favorite genre of music? You know, I, I like all types of music, honestly. Um, I was a classical train player, um, going into school when I, when I went to college and obviously through high school, I did some jazz. Um, I fell in love with jazz in my mid range of my college career. And, um, you know, one of the things about me is I grew up on rap. And so like, you know, right. house music and rap and, and, you know, cause in the, in the late eighties and early nineties, when all that stuff, hip hop and all started popping, you know, that was a big influence to me because that's what I listened to. And, uh, right. you know, so if you listen to smooth jazz, it's got the R and B type feel to it. And uh, so most of what I play now is funk and R and B type stuff, uh, smooth jazz. But, you know, contemporary jazz is what was the, you know, when I was in the game, the Grammy ballad, um, that was the uh, contemporary album was what mine was up for. And I, I love to do crossover. I was in uh, Hollywood for the Indie Music Awards um, the year that I won it, the whole thing, and as wow. artist of the year. And when I was speaking to the audience, I mean, first of all, it's, you know, I think I've won about nine awards that evening. And, and I won four major, four or five major awards, artist of the year, album of the year, song of the year. And one of the things that was so cool is that jazz doesn't normally get, you know, awards and, and 
things that have all genres of music. You just don't see it and get a height and, um, you know, up there like that. So one of the things I told the people in the audience and, you know, there are most musicians, I was like, look, I was like, we got to start crossing over on our different genres and stuff and making yeah. new sounds and, and sharing um, our sound with other people's genres. You know, I mean, you get horn sections and a lot of different types of music, but, you know, for me, you know, I would love to do, you know, like an instrumental hip hop or, you know, I'd love to do oh, some that of that crossover. That's yeah. something I'm very interested in. That would be so awesome. Mm -hmm. In one word, describe your sound. Oof. Uh, I guess the best way, so growing up playing in, in, in church, you know, I did a lot of discants and stuff like that because the choir would be singing the melody and I'd come in on the melody and they do a lot of, you know, alternate stuff. And I started playing like soprano lines and stuff like that. So I, that kind of crafted me into, I'm more of a vocalist vocalistic type player um i i approach my playing as a vocalist um so a lot of times when i'm soloing i'm more tonal and i kind of stay in my groove and, and i'm more of a ear type like i play more to people's ear versus flashy technical stuff um so you know a lot of of uh, straight ahead jazz you can hear guys i mean it's you know i mean like for saxophones like charlie parker comes to mind so charlie was just like the bird was the man i mean the dude if any musician listens to him, it's like, oh my lord! Like the way he flows over changes and how technical he is and his versatility, it's amazing. Uh, same thing with like Dizzy Gillespie, you know, for a trumpet player. Oh yeah. Um, but for me, I'm just, I'm a my sound's different because you know I, I lay more in like the Miles Davis, Chet Baker, uh, Rick Brom was a big influence for me. Um, you know, Chris Bodie. Um, there's a lot of these guys that are they're obviously very versatile and you know like Braun can play anything. Um, but he played that, you know, in that, I guess it's, I don't want to say late 80s, probably like 90s to 2000s of that smooth jazz genre with him and Bonnie James. And he had that sound. It was just, man, it was funky, but it was real low, low key. Um, I think my sound is more of a blend of those type of players. It's, it's more of a laid back sound and um, a little more chill. That's cool. Yeah, that is cool. Now, I have a question for you. Um, I, well, actually, you kind of already answered it. If you could write like the perfect music for yourself, what would it be? And you kind of said it would maybe be that fusion between what you're already doing and kind of like a hip hop tone. Is that well, it, you know, in, yeah, I mean, kind of. I mean, it's I, I like all style. I can play. I mean, I love the blues. I love everything. So I just love playing different styles of music. Um, and, and sometimes that can be commercial suicide in the fact of, you know, if you don't home in on a certain area, you know, then you're too widespread. You don't get the popularity that you're looking for. You know, if you're a smooth jazz guy, you kind of kind of stay in that realm and stay active to keep your fan base. Um, and, and I'm not, I mean, I guess I'm just not that guy. I just love playing all different types of, of music. So, you know, to say like my perfect, I, I think for me, if, if your head nods when you're listening to it, then that's kind of where I want to be. You know, I, I like yeah. the music. You kind of yeah. look at it, your, your head starts not, you just kind of get into it and you're like, oh yeah, you know, a little more funky, like, uh -huh. you know, I, I don't know. I, that's a, that's a hard question to answer with the factor of my mind being so broad with what I do. <laughs> so tell us who are some of your favorite musicians? Uh, you know, Ooh, that's a good question. I mean, for me right now, I think that Houston, you know, I live in Houston and um, a little bit about my story, not to get too embellished on this, um, but, you know, I, I was in New Orleans playing professionally in New Orleans um, and 
when I left New Orleans to come to Houston, I think it was like 2005, 2006, it was right before Katrina hit. Um, I, uh, I moved to Houston and I put my horn down because back then, like most of the bars we played in were like smoky and, you know, it was just late gigs and driving around and I just wasn't, wasn't feeling it. I didn't know anybody. So I didn't have to work my way back into a crowd. And so I put my horn down for 10 years and uh-huh. I picked my horn back up in 2000, probably 14 ish. And, uh, started playing at, you know, y'all know Houston. I mean, I was playing at the uh-huh. Red Cat and, uh, ended up doing their jazz night on Thursday nights and, and started kind of moving my way back into it. And uh, 15 is when my album took off and, um, uh, uh, I got I got sidetracked on the question. I was talking about that. What was your original set again? <laughs> I, I was going there for a reason. I lost my brain. Yeah, that's okay. Who are musicians? So, where I was going with that is that you know, as I got in the Houston scene, I was uh, I was really impressed with the the sound that comes out of Houston. It's a it's a unique. There's so many musicians that I couldn't just put a finger on it. You got like Kyle Turner, you know, Dean James, Will Fortune. And there's just guys everywhere that I'm Kylan. They're all so different, right? And, you know, Ronnie right. Coleman, there's, I mean, I could go on for days, Stephen Richard, these guys here, they're so, each of them are so unique, but it's like a gumbo of sound here, you know? So I love the local sound of Houston, like what music puts out of Houston. I mean, obviously there's musicians all over the nation that, you know, that make big influences on me. And if you look at my project with On the Surface, I've got guys, I've got Doc Martin on there. I've got Dan Hughes. I've got, David P. Steve, I've got all these different guys. I mean, every song's got a whole new crew of, of players. And, you know, there's just so much musical talent out there right now. And I feel like, you know, that was the vision of my album was to include as many people as possible. I mean, I had Frank McComb on there. Um, it was just endless. Uh, Antoinette Roberson was on there. All of these people had an influence on my sound. And um, I, I just, I love making music with as many people as possible. And I think there's just so many phenomenal yeah. musicians out there that are on their own lanes and stuff like that, that I just, it's endless how much talent's out there right now. It's, it's incredible. And that's pretty cool. I didn't know Houston had such a really like diverse and, you know, I like how you put it, a gumbo sound. Yeah. And that's, that's pretty cool. I never knew that. It, it really is. I mean, if you look at Dean James, for instance, I mean, Dean and I go way back. We're in InterVision Records together. And uh, Dean and I have been friends for a very long time. And Dean's a smooth jazz artist. He can play anything. The guy can play anything. But, you know, smooth jazz smooth jazz is kind of is, is what he does. And he's been with multiple labels. He's got multiple big hits out there. Um, you've got a guy like Dean playing in this lane in Houston. And you got like a Kyle Turner. And Kyle can play almost anything. I don't know if you know Kyle, Kyle Turner, but um kyle's on the tenor is just incredible i mean all these guys that are in houston are so diversely in my opinion different but when we all get together it's like a unique sound it's just different it's houston just got a cool vibe you know that's pretty neat yeah that is well you can get close to louisiana too so you got your cajun vibe. oh yeah you got your cajun vibe mixed in like the guy uh cory james which did a lot of the writing on my albums uh cory's from st louis you know, and then you got, you know, it's just, oh, wow. you know, so all these people are from different areas. That's why I kind of call it the gumbo because people are coming from all different areas, but they're making the sound of this area. That's just kind of unique in my opinion. You know, that's the St. Louis sound. I think of, um, cause it's completely different. Like Nelly, oh, but holy he had, when he started memory. rapping, yeah, he, he's just had a different sound. And yeah. so I think he's from St. Louis. Yeah. I don't know. And that's, I think, you know, I, think so. I don't claim, I don't claim my, like the first album, 2015, um, the one with the picture that you like, the underwater deal. Uh-huh. 
um that one was some covers and like one or two originals and that was like the same band playing the whole album so you know it's dean and me and uh, andre hayward and a whole bunch of guys uh, john fontenot and uh Corey james anyways all of us played that album and it was like a straight recording it was almost live uh the one in 2017 is people from all like i had gone to nam y'all know about nam right no so nam is like the big conferences in anaheim um, where all the music wow. musicians from the industry go down and they fill up the entire convention center in Anaheim with like everything you can think of. Like, you know, so this is where you get your endorsements, like, you know, the different endorsements I have and stuff like that. We're all from being at NAMM and, and meeting people and testing products and making relationships. And all the musicians are there because they're checking out the new gear and so forth. And uh, that's when I met a lot of the guys with Intervision. And, but I mean, all these people I met at, at NAM ended up coming back and doing little parts of my project. So like the project itself spans, you know, all over the nation from guys, you know, Doc Martin's out of DC and Danny's out of Minnesota. And, you know, so wow. it's kind of cool about that album is everybody's from all over the place. And with technology, you can record and just drop the tracks. Yeah, in. Right. And uh, right. I mean, exactly. I was doing stuff with guys from England and, you know, it's just like, you just drop it in and it's, you know, so anyways, it gets back to the gumbo theory. Yeah. <laughs> you drop it in, mix it, and have a hit. Yeah, a little little jam- jambalaya. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Neil, you have a podcast yourself called Bourbon, Whiskey, and Jazz. Tell mm-hmm. us about your podcast. So I got into bourbons pretty heavy. I, you know, I, a lot of times with jazz, you see us tie in with wine. And so, right, uh, you know, right. we were pretty big winos. My wife and I drank quite a bit of wine and we got into it a little bit. But the problem with wine was, is that you, <laughs> you open a bottle and you kind of got to put it back. Like, you know, you got you to yeah. finish it off because it's not going to last that long. You can aerate it or whatever, but once it's open, you know, so, and the thing is, you get a really nice bottle. Well, it's like, if you, <laughs> you just got to look at it. If you open it, you got to drink it, you know? <laughs> And um, so I saw this, this uh, show, I started getting to bourbons and whiskeys and, and, you know, I just, I thought the history of, of, uh, of the spirit was really cool. And then I watched uh, a movie called Neat, which is on Amazon. And it's about the story of uh, bourbon and it goes into like the process. And it was just, to me, was like fascinating. And so I got real into bourbon and started collecting. Um, We have a bourbon room at my house. And uh, I mean, like it's, I think I've shown you a picture of it, but it's, the whole room yeah. is like, you know, it's got three or four walls with all these different real cool bottles. And, you know, so I got oh, into, I got into, cool. the, I, yeah, so I got into the bourbons real heavy and it's not about getting like loaded, <laughs> you know, so a lot of people, you know, they say, oh, yeah. you, you know, you have all these bourbons. I'm like, yeah, the reason they're still here is because I don't pound them. <laughs> you know, exactly. you know, you, you, you have like a little tasting it. fly. Yeah. You sip on that. And right. that's what I liked about bourbon is I would drink, I could sit on a bourbon for an hour. And just sip on it. You know, you're not like with wine, it goes back pretty quick too. With bourbon, you kind of yeah. sit there and pace yourself on it. Um, I mean, don't get it twisted. If you do a little too much, you know it. But so, <laughs> so anyways, I got into, uh, I got into collecting and I was trading them and, and different stuff and, and started getting into the distilleries. I know a couple of guys like Whitmire's and a couple of these guys that I've met across the way through gigs. And so I decided to do a podcast on where I would cross over. I do like a, it's called bourbon whiskey and jazz and it's been on hold since Corona hit. I I've literally since March have completely stepped away as this, I'm starting to get back in now, but it literally shut everything down because a, I couldn't have anybody in my studio uh, where I could, right. but most people are afraid to get out. And then I could always phone it in, but there's a little, there's something a little more magical sometimes when you have people, especially if you have like a regular group, that's part of the podcast. Um, that's true. Yeah. So we, that's we true. pounded out a lot of issues right before, I mean, a lot of issues, <laughs> a lot of episodes. <laughs> we definitely had our issues when bourbon was involved, but, um, 
but we basically would take a uh, an artist, like a national artist, and I would invite them in on the show via phone um, or in the studio if they're from Houston. And then we would talk about, you know, a couple of their songs or whatever, you know, and that kind of brought it from when I had my radio show. Um, so we do that and then we do a crossover where I'd have like a distillery or somebody in the in the industry of bourbon beyond. Like I had uh, Belfour on one of the episodes, which is extremely interesting. Um, uh-huh. It's like uh, Belfour, Eddie, Eddie, Eddie the Eagle from Balfour's, um, he won the Stanley Cup. He's the only player in oh, the wow. world to have won an Olympic medal, a national championship, and then the Stanley Cup. Oh, that's awesome. And so, that is really yeah, it's cool. kind of cool. And yeah. so his son um, and him got into bourbons and uh, whiskeys. And so they, they have a distillery and they put all their stuff out. Well, I, they got in touch with the guy that was on my show. And so we ended up having him actually in studio and he brought like a bunch of, one of the bottles has like the Stanley cup on top of it. And we like, oh, nice. and they're huge music fans. So we would talk about bourbons. He'd explain the process and then he'd talk about music. And it was like bourbon and, and whiskey and jazz was like a cool combination of like, normally it, it crosses over. It was, it was really unique. It was a really cool deal. I mean, I, I'm excited to get it back up and going. And um, it, it's a, it was a fun show. We'd have like a little fight night where we'd have, two bourbons that would taste blind and you know we wouldn't tell them what it was and so you drink them and then it could be like a five dollar bottle versus a hundred dollar bottle you know you wouldn't know and then (laughs) you would vote and say okay this one won and you're like oh my god it was (laughs) it was the old granddad exactly (laughs) you know so you know it was uh it was pretty fun but uh we did a lot of cool you know we'd have a toast the beginning toast the end and so it was a cool, it was a cool experience. I'm, I'm excited to get that back. Now. I mean, you know, obviously with podcasts, I mean, it's, they're fun. I mean, it's just, they're, yeah. to me, they're like, Absolutely. they're vocal, they're vocal improv. You know, when you, yes. you're just, you're improv the whole time. It's like natural and organic and it's not planned. And, you know, uh, I was thinking about one of the things you were talking to me about was, you know, this, you know, a funny experience when I was on the road. Um, I actually had during the podcast, we were in my office and my wife was doing something outside and the faucet to outside is right outside of the window of my studio. And so, and so she didn't, I mean, she wasn't paying attention. Well, whenever you turn the water on, it makes like, it sounds like somebody has gas. Like it says like a sound. And so, yes. And so we're and I had somebody in studio and uh, the, I had my English bulldog was laying in the room with us too. And, and so anyways, we were talking about the dog and it was kind of snoring and we were giggling. We got the giggles about it during the show and it was kind of saying, well, we're talking to this guy. All of a sudden you can hear this. And I mean, it sounded like it sounded bad. And, and we, we were, we couldn't tell if the audience could hear it because we're mic'd. And so the mic, right, so you right. don't know if that mic's picking it up, but we could, we, we had the giggles. And finally I had to stop the musician I was interviewing would be like, dude, I, I apologize, but it's, there's a pipe outside that's making this noise. And I mean, we were like, the, the three of us that were in the room were like tearing up and it was just, it was like, it's like when you're in a kid and you're in church and you're trying not to laugh in church and it makes it that much more funny, you know? Exactly what happened. It was just, you, when you listen to the episode, it was, you know, it was funny. So anyways. Oh, that's funny. Did your wife ever notice? Like, I told her after, her I her told her after we recorded yeah. it, you know? Um, but it was just oh, I, the whole so episode. Funny. I can't remember which episode it was, but the whole episode, because then, you know, during the show, the, the bulldog started snoring. Because if you've ever been around a bulldog, like, well, they fall asleep. <laughs> and so we were giggling at that. And my buddy's like, he's just chasing squirrels, you know, and <laughs> just, you know, <laughs> into the dreams. You know, it was just it was really funny. So but again, that's just the cool thing about oh, podcasts. 
Yeah. Yeah. That is, you never know what's going to happen. Oh, oh yeah. Because, yeah, our dog, Charlie, uh, Charlie. He, every blue moon, he'll say hello. And we're like, well, sorry, it's live, people. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And then, I remember one of the first episodes. Oh, yeah. Remember one of the first episodes, they started cutting down trees in the background. Oh, yeah, they were cutting down trees in the backyard. And so you heard, like, kind of a zoom yeah. in, the back, in the background. And yeah. And we were like, oh. It never <laughs> fails on episodes when it's, like, dead quiet. And as soon as you start recording, some neighbor does something random. Like, I'm like, I'm like oh, yeah. guys. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, that's the nice thing about having mics where you have to have, you know, a, a mic that you had to be a little bit closer to so that you don't pick up on that outside. Right, yeah. Because, I mean, if, oh, my God, in our neighborhood, you never know what's going to happen. We've got, you know, since Corona, not to get off topic, but, you know, with Corona, uh-huh. our whole little neighborhood over here has gotten so tight because during Corona, you couldn't go anywhere. And so we would beat out the yard and our almost whole block now all hangs out. Like, we'll have dinner and the whole crew will come in and... um you know, it's it was. I don't know how about you know everybody else's, but it was our story was unique because we'd open up, we put a, a couch and stuff in our garage, and everybody come over and we we test bourbons and cook food and just visit because we could, none of us could go anywhere. You know, everybody's working from home. Oh, that sounds awesome. Yeah. You know, so the only good thing about COVID was it definitely united our whole area. And then when you obviously had, did you guys have the freeze? Did you guys freeze during the yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, we had the. Yeah, oh, we yeah. had Snowmageddon over here too. Yep. Yep. Yeah, bad. we uh, we busted nine pipes in our house oh, oh um, wow. we had turned the water we had one pipe see though. we we were okay but we didn't have power for four days and so all in the house we had all our exterior pipes in our attic they're all insulated but because we had no power we had no heat and because we had no heat at a certain point and i if i would have known it i would have drained all the pipes to the house i had the water dripping but it was so cold it didn't matter the moving didn't matter so anyways yeah. while i was saying that is my neighbor's brother's a plumber and uh the day after it blew his brother and him spent a day and a half with us getting all our pipes fixed, you know, and it's like, God is good. You know, you know, when you have neighbors That's like that, really. it's, you know, and we would have never have met that neighbor if it had not been for Corona. So. Oh, wow. Now that's cool. I mean, yeah. that's that, you know, it's bad that your pipes burst, but then you had you people, know, you to, help. people to help. Right. Yeah. yeah. That kind of, we had the same kind of a story. Uh, a friend of mine, you know, had a friend that came over and helped us out. Yeah. And, but we were, we had the opposite. We were without water for four days and mm-hmm. we had, we got our power back, what, after a day? We got so oh, a yeah. Yeah. I know. I know. It was, that was the worst week. I yeah. never, ever want to see snow ever again. <laughs> that was the first time I ever saw snow. Yeah. That was the first time he ever Oh, really? Snow. He was just like, oh, no. And like, never want to see Yeah. It, again. it was, uh, <laughs> it was a unique experience. I mean, you know, I, I think the other thing that was interesting about all this stuff that's happened over, it's been a wild year in Texas, but, you know, within the hurricanes and then Corona and everything else. But, you know, what one thing it did do is it forced everybody to slow down. You know, I was always, you know, with, yeah. with, I had three, four jobs, you know, between trying to tour with music and coaching, obviously I coach at a high level. So I'm touring. A lot of times I'd go to coach a tournament like in Orlando and then I'd book a gig in Orlando because I was in Orlando. So I was always on the go. And it was like, it forced you to be home and actually be around your family and be around everybody. And you're like, wow, oh, yeah. this is like... <laughs> It's just weird, you know. It's, it's, you know, I know. I have to actually park your car and leave it there for a week, and you—it's like, it was just wild. Yeah, it was. I mean, yeah. it's kind of like now you're going. Now that people are starting to go out and, and about a little more, it's like, huh? What did I do before COVID? Yeah, so, absolutely. And you know, the musicians yeah, are right. taking a whole different turn because they're all doing stuff on Facebook Live and stuff like that. They're making just as much money on tips playing these live shows. Um, so it's changed the game yeah. of music too, because a lot of these shows are going virtual. 
It really has. Yeah. Cause you know, concerts, I'm tiny, so I hated concerts because I could never see. <laughs> so now I can, you know, I mean, I can pull up to the computer, plop a, you know, open up the virtual concert and I got a front row seat. Well, right. so. and, you know, you even think about it now, and I hate to say this, but like, I love sports, but I would just uh-huh. as soon sit in my movie room and watch a sport at home than go into the live game. You know, I can actually watch it. Yeah. I can see things better. And, uh, you yeah. know, I think that entertainment as a whole and, and, you know, at the end of this, we were going to talk about what you're doing. I'll tell you about something I'm working on. But that I think the entertainment stuff is going to start going to that as well. It's going to go to people watching it on personal oh, devices and TVs and stuff like that more than going out. A hundred percent agree. Mm-hmm. All right. So we're going to go on a bit of a commercial break right quick. Okay. okay. We're going to go on a commercial break. Would you stay around with this? You bet. And talk you some bet. More? Okay. Guys, we'll be right back. Yep. Welcome back to the show, everyone. Welcome back, guys. And if you have not downloaded the Anchor.fm app, do it. Do it and start making your own podcast today. All right, Preston. Thank you. Thank you. Let's get into the next round of questions. These are the fun round questions. (laughs) We'll see. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see. Yeah. They're always fun to ask. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. They're fun to ask. They're fun to ask. There we go. If you had to play another genre of music one time for an audience outside of normality, what would it be? Um, that's a good one. Uh, I think that ties back in, man. I would love to do a hip-hop type vibe, like a rap hip-hop type deal. I think that'd be totally cool. Um, we had a group, we had a group yeah. that uh, I played with in Colorado called Kung Pao, and they were like an underground like rap group. And it was always so fun to play with. I mean, the crowds were you know, it was, it was in Gunnison, Colorado. So it was like by Crested Butte. So it was a ski town. So whenever people uh-huh. were at those venues, it was like a big party. And it was, it was the coolest vibe. Um, I actually opened for, or got to play on stage with George Clinton uh, in, in uh, Parliament. Wow. Um, and when I played a festival with those guys in Colorado at one point in time. That sounds fun. Yeah. What is your favorite city and why? Well, I mean, I'm I'm partial to Houston because I live here, um, and and all that we've been right. through as a city. I mean, I, I feel like we've had so many crazy events happen over the last decade that um, you just see people helping people. You know, I'm very fond of Texas. I think that uh, Hammond, Louisiana, and uh, New Orleans are are big in my heart, uh, just from living down there. And you know, I had a big deal living in. Uh, and Louisiana, because Louisiana is a cool place as well. You know, the hard part is making a live in Louisiana. Yeah, the family atmosphere is. is unbeatable, and the people are just fantastic, and the music obviously is is incredible. Uh, and the last one I would probably shout out there is Atlanta. Um, Atlanta, you know, some people don't like yeah. Atlanta. I, I was born in Fulton County, so I was born in Atlanta. But they had the biggest appreciation. Oh, wow. Like, my fan base was biggest in, in Atlanta. They just, they love jazz and smooth jazz in that area and uh so i i, I you know gotta give a shout out to atlanta they're awesome as well absolutely we love atlanta well i love okay you're gonna laugh the coke museum i could oh yeah the absolutely i don't i don't that like to amazing. single out one... valve and i do that and you know new york all that stuff's got cool stuff but yeah atlanta's just got something different yeah. about it it's, it's, it's a cool town 
yeah, it is. It's like a kind of a laid back vibe all over this, all over the city. Just really. raid the Coke Museum and then uh, yeah, exactly, yeah, the exactly. Museum. I grew up in San Antonio too, <laughs> which is a cool city. I don't know if you've been there, but that's that's a cool city. It's like a big little city. Oh yeah, I haven't yeah. been to San Antonio in years. Yeah, I've been. Yeah, I haven't been in years either. But it's it's a nice place to go. It's growing it. like you wouldn't believe. Like I went back in there and I was like, oh my god, like where I went to high school is now like its own city. I was like, dear lord, it was like cow pastures when I was there. <laughs> They're blowing up over there. Oh, wow. Everybody wants to move to Texas. Yeah, it's not a bad place <laughs> to be. <laughs> exactly. All right. Now, this one is a little bit serious. Right. If you could only take five things to a desert island, what would well, they I be? Well, I better say my wife because she's going to listen to this. So, we'll get, oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and of course, I could say mom, you know, but, uh, you know, four bottles of bourbon. <laughs> Um, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, if I, if I was stuck, I mean, I would obviously, you know, I would obviously want to take my horn. I would, I would take it, you know, and, um, definitely have to bring a little bourbon. Um, you know, that's, that's, you know, that's, that's a hard thing to think about, you know, what's important to you. And, you know, yeah. Can you bring your cell phone? <laughs> that opens up a whole other dynamic or a generator for that matter. When we had the freeze, that was like life-saving exactly. as having a generator. I thought that was like unbelievable so oh yeah uh, yeah i mean that's it that it opens i mean it's you think it's a like an easy question like oh without a doubt and then you're like well hey i take this well, maybe not no i take that right so, yeah. hey, absolutely really yeah you gotta be careful phone. what you say yeah. i'm probably gonna say bring my in-laws too because they're gonna listen to the show too i'm like can't forget <laughs> them you know it's like who am i gonna you know who am i gonna forget so <laughs> that's true that's true and then you have to take the dogs and your cat. So it's kind of. I don't know if I'd want the dogs on an island. It's going to be a lot of cleanup. <laughs> matters of the size of oh, the yeah, island. Yeah, let's, <laughs> let's get that in the question. I don't want them going to the bathroom right next to me all the time. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if you could have any superpower, what would it be? Uh-huh. Um, oof, that's a good one. Uh, I would say healing, man, to be honest. You know, I, I hate to see people suffer. You know, I've always had a weak point of, you know, when something happens, I, I've in it. I so back in Louisiana, I was a fireman. I thought I was that that was my. I felt like a superhero when I was a fireman, like coming into wrecks and coming into like different situations or running into a house. You know, you you just have this. It's an adrenal rush, but it's also it's like you're there. Firemen are true angels. You know, and people discount you know police a lot of times too. But those guys, when you need them. You know, when we were firemen, like those guys would be running into a scene in front of us a lot of times. And, you know, those guys are, they, they save people by the, you know, minute, you know, angels. So, you know, if I had a superpower, I'd love to do the healing side, you know, seeing all the stuff that I saw, the firemen, you know, helping people in that sense would be something I would, I would want to use. And I'd, I'd love to say I'd, I have a get something, but I think the healing's a little more important. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's a good one. Yeah, I say teleportation all the time. Now that I think about it, considering how much I hurt myself. Yeah. <laughs> <I need> him. <laughs> yeah. You never know where you're gonna. Yeah. You know, teleportation would be kind of cool, but. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. I yeah. say as a musician, yeah. it might be cool because if you have Which a bad is... gig, you can just kind of hit a button and go away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you have a bad set. You're like, all right, I'm out. I'll see y'all later. I'm out. I'm yeah. teleporting somewhere else. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Would you rather go back in time or to the future? 
You know, I, honestly, I hate to twist your question. I just kind of like living in the now. You know, I think that the past creates who, you know, I answer. think that the people, yeah. the things, the mistakes I've made in my past as a musician make my sound. I think, you know, a lot of times the country singer says, well, if you haven't had your dog die or life wet, you know, li- li- leave you and if you haven't been broken, if you haven't done this, you don't, you know, all these things that happen to you in your life create, you know, some of the best music I've made is at the lowest points of like just really painful situations. And uh, so I think that that creates who I am and, and I'm not really in a rush to get to the future because I'm getting older and I'm like, uh, I'm, you know, I don't, <laughs> you know, you know, when I was in my thirties, I'm like, man, I, you know, I was still super athletic and playing beach volleyball and touring and stuff. And it's now I'm like, I try to go play volleyball and I get angry. So I'm like, I can't jump off the sand anymore. And so, you know, I'm kind of enjoying the now and, you know, kind of put, God in the in the driver's seat. I'm just sitting in the shotgun, you know, sitting passenger, letting him take his thing. Right. So. That's a great answer. That is. It's a great answer. What is the one piece of advice you would give to people who want to be in the music industry? Learn. Um, <clears throat> you know, you really got to, uh, the, the music industry can eat you up. There's a, you know, you need to know all your legalities. You need to know that, you know, as much as everybody loves each other, it's a business. And so you got to make sure that, you document and, you know, use your legal team and use your, <clears throat> you know, different assets to, you know, cause it's, it's very easy to get with somebody. Like when I was a younger musician, you know, I'd get together, make a song and just throw it out there. And now with technology, I mean, you gotta be careful because if something takes off, you know, and you don't have your rights covered or you don't have licensing, or if you don't have this or that, it can really get you in trouble. And it's not your intent that, that matters. It's, you know, understanding how things work. And I, I think the, the, the game has changed right. so much to the factor of, I think the younger musicians coming up are going to have advantage because, you know, when we were growing up, it was all about radio. Like I remember the first time I saw him play the radio and I thought it was the coolest thing in the world. And then I realized I was getting like a fraction of a penny for it playing in the radio. You know, right. now Sirius right. XM is, is obviously a big one. They pay well and music choice and stuff like that still pay. But, you know, the majority of your your money, if there is to make made is on the marketing side, um, you know, endorsements and, and stuff right. like that. I, I remember um, uh, DJ Capri and I were having a conversation. He was like, you know, I did this deal and I'm going to leave the musician now, but he did a deal and he let an artist have every bit of the album sales that he wanted. He just wanted to make a commercial. And he said that, you know, the artist made X amount of money, but he made like a bunch of money off of a Colgate commercial with that artist. <laughs> you know, they just, you know, I mean, wow. it's like wow. the ability with these artists, it's more about, you know, the ads. I mean, look at football players and stuff. You know, they make a lot of money to play football, but yeah. look at all the commercials are doing and stuff. They're making a lot of advertisements and stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and, and reality is in the next few years, if not already, everything's streamed. Uh, you know, there's not, when was the last time you downloaded a song? Oh my gosh. Oh, wow. It's I'm serious. Or when was the last time you yeah. mean for us, you know, buying albums at the store? You know, they go into the record store and buying yeah. a CD or buying an album. And now that's it's that was that's what it was that lucrative. Was like fun. It was fun. And that's when music was lucrative exactly. because it cost, you know, 10 cents to make a CD and you're selling it for $10. Well, that's why everybody was getting so rich off the music thing. Now it's, you know, everybody it's streaming. But I mean, they have these millions of streams for like a like couple thousand dollars type thing because there's they, you, there's no payment for the stream. So you know, wow. I think that what really hurt the industry is when LimeWire and uh, I, I can't remember what it was called, like Net something where they could just download, like you could file share. 
And that's, do you remember that? No, I think, I I think it was called that. Napster or something like that. Like everybody would go on. Oh my and gosh, yes. All, all these artist tracks people had bought and downloaded where you could join the service and just like, and just download other people's music. It's like a file share. And so people stopped buying yeah, music. And, that. and it, yeah. that's when, that's when they, I believe, I could be wrong. Don't get me wrong. I'm not a historian, but I believe that's when streaming took off is because <laughs> they started paying for the service versus the download. And, uh, right. you know, so right. now it's like, I mean, everybody streams Pandora, Spotify, um, Apple music is now a streaming yeah. service. I mean, you can download what you want when you pay for your subscription. And so, uh, it's really affected the music industry and then maybe it's good. I don't know. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Never thought of that much. I never thought about it that much. I mean, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Cause I remember Napster was like the guy with the little headphones and yep. the little, it looked like a little cat well, headphones. And and that was y'all know just gonna say and that was like the thing the new thing to do instead of you know going trucking off to buy your dvds yeah last last time i saw a cd i was a child yeah i mean yeah i was like thanks 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 for getting (laughs) us uh see see if i come on your show again (laughs) exactly right He's made us yeah. both built, you know, well, ancient now. Yeah. Welcome. The flip Welcome. side of it is that, you know, <laughs> the the music, the amount of people you can reach is unheard of. Like, I mean, you, yeah. you've got, you can mm-hmm. play your music anywhere in the world. And it doesn't cost anything. So before, you know, somebody might not download your music. They don't want to pay for it. But now you're on different playlists. You don't even know. Like I, I caught, I was on a something on my phone and I was looking through some things and I just typed my name in. I came in on this like Hispanic show. I had no, all I know is it was like, blah, 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 Preston Smith. And and there it's, I mean, it's like, you know, you just don't know. It's all over the world now. It's crazy. That's true. true. You're right. You're right. And then like with, for example, with TikTok, you know, TikTok, you can get on there and do a concert for free and have a million people watch. Right. And then, you know, they're going to share it. And, so it's, you know, yeah, you're right. It's like, I think the new artists and things, they have such an advantage technologically as compared to yeah, Your broadband mm-hmm. of listeners larger. The problem is there's not as much money off of that listener base. Yeah, that's unfortunate. That's yeah. when, you know, I think a lot of them are starting to do like merchandise. That's exactly right. That's like why, that, that's so. why it costs a hundred dollars to go to a concert now. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so in addition to all that you have going on, what's next? Um, well, I'm, I need to get back on my horn. I mean, it's, I, I got to get making some music again and, and kind of now that everything's coming back to real life again. Um, I mean, it's not, it's hard to play with a mask on your face, you know? <laughs> so, you know, um, right. but <laughs> I'm, um, I'm, I have a buddy of mine that we're um, talking about, we're trying to do our, he's already done it. I'm just working with them on it. They've already done the whole thing, but it, He's got a platform that's going to be kind of like a Netflix, <clears throat> but for live venues or live events. Um, and it's based to let the musicians make money as well as the venue, as well as the artist. Um, but it'll be like a platform like Netflix. So like you could say, you could see a pre-recorded show, like a pay-per-view type thing, or you could see me live and, and it would come up on your TV or any device, you know, everything literally like it looked like it literally where you'd go to Netflix, like on your phone or on your TV, like a Roku TV, you would, you would hit his platform and it would be able to show like oh, wow. live concerts and live events and stuff like that. So, you know, kind of, kind of pressing on the technical world a little bit. 
That sounds fun. It is. That sounds. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, you guys probably in it. it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's it's you know it's one of those platforms <laughs> that's open ended well, on who can use it and how it's used. You know, everything's moving to that to that type of technology nowadays. You know. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It really is. And if you don't learn it, if you don't know it, then you're gonna kind of. Well, get I guarantee you your know? son can <laughs> can figure out something ten times faster than us. But I, I've. Uh, I, I'm a I'm a tech oh, yeah. nerd, but you know, Absolutely. a lot of times, you know, from St. Vincent's, you know that. I mean, obviously, I worked IT. Uh, you well, know, say, you yeah. want to know how to fix something, you Google it. You've helped, you've helped me many a times. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, you've helped me many a times with my computer. <laughs> well, that's exactly. So. That's, how do you fix this? I don't know. Let me Google it real quick, and we'll figure it out. Yeah, that or YouTube. <laughs> well, it's Google. That's your it's that or YouTube, man. You. It's the way to do it. Yeah. Yeah, Google or YouTube. Google. Yeah. So, what is the one thing you want our audience to know? Uh, you about know, you? it's I don't think it's about me. I think it's you know, it's the thing. It's nice about shows like what you guys do. It's a platform for us to meet people and to introduce them to what we do. But you know, for me, it's about just understanding that there's artists out there that a want to get in the music field, and hopefully, we talked a little bit about that, or giving them a little advice that I didn't have when I was going into it. And then, secondly, it's just about making music. I mean, I just. I just hope people continue to make music. You know, I, I feel like it's a dying art form. You know, a lot of the youth aren't into it as much as right, it is, right. you know, we were as kids. And, you know, I hope people continue to pass that torch. It's, you know, I, I'd hate to see live music go away. And it, it feels like it is, you know, it's, you know, everything you can generate music on a computer and it's cheaper and it's, you know, just like a factory, you can have all ro- robots That's and it'd true. probably be less on bills. You know, I mean, music's the same thing. You know, if we don't look yeah. for live, like how many tracks do you hear with real drums on it or real bass or real players? Now it's, you know, sometimes it's all computerized and just the artist. So, yeah. you know, hopefully people keep looking for live yeah. music and supporting artists and, you know, give people props about creating music. That's a good, that's great. That's, that's a good, great. that's a good um, thing to keep, you know, people thinking mm-hmm. because you're right. Live that music is going away. Well, Corona hurt it. Yeah. Corona hurt it big it. time. You know, it's still it's still not as common yeah. as it is. So even if it's live music that's streamed, we just gotta keep supporting these guys because the reality is there's so many artists that have left music because you can't make a living at it. And you know, it's insane. And Absolutely. I would tell any artist to make sure they have a job before they, you know, don't don't try to live off your music yes. when you're starting because it's an investment in order to get to the levels at this time with you know, you've got radio producers and and all different things and all types of things you gotta invest in to be able to get your music to the areas that you want them to go to. Um, so, <clears throat> and gigs right. don't pay that much. That's true. That's true. You're so right. Where can people find you on social media? Uh, social media. I mean, obviously I'm on Facebook. You can just look me up, Preston Smith. Um, I do have a website, I mean, uh, a Facebook page, what Preston Smith jazz. And I, I've got my, you know, bourbon whiskey and jazz, uh, Facebook, um, page as well. But, you know, I have two Facebook accounts. One of them's maxed out. So if you type in Preston Smith, you know, unless somebody gets mad at me and drops me, I'm usually at that cap of 5K. Um, but I have a <laughs> Preston Smith 2, which is like two capital I's, Preston Smith, and then 2, um, which I still have some room on. So, you know, if anybody wants to follow what I'm doing on that end, um, it's my personal account. So you get all kinds of stuff from volleyball to music to, you know, whatever else I'm getting into. Um and I'm on Twitter, Instagram, all that kind of stuff. I'm not as heavy on Instagram. I do have it. Um, it's Preston Smith as well. Um, you can find anything on my website, PrestonSmithJazz.com. Um, 
and I'm on YouTube and all that kind of stuff as well, but it's all under my name. Just on YouTube, you got to put Press Smith Jazz because there's an NFL player named Preston Smith, which blows my mind, but the dude gets more hits than me. <laughs> so you have to put, you have to put in uh, Preston Smith Jazz, and once that pops up, you'll see me. In. Um, okay. All right. Well, thank you. Listen, so much I appreciate you guys having thank me. It's so been much, a blessing Preston. to talk to y'all. Likewise, nice. we've had a very good time chatting mm-hmm. with you. Um, anytime, I'm always around. And yep. I appreciate all you guys do. That was a great interview. We hope you guys enjoyed it. Now, as a special treat, Preston will play us out of this episode. If you want more, make sure to check out his website and follow him to find out when he starts to gig live. Until next time, peace out. <laughs>